Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Uh, today I've got Tyler Spear with me again. Um, Tyler was with us back in April of last year. Welcome back, Tyler. Thanks for having me, Don. All right. So um, Tyler reached out to me. I had put out a, a note on all the social networks about um, about diving into the whys of what we do, because there are there are certain things that we do that that we do because we're told to do it. We're do, we do it because it, it's part of the manual or, or we've seen others do it and we, we, we pitch in. Um, one of the largest um, of these is beanbags. Um, and when I said I was going to cover beanbags, Tyler reached out and said, hey, I've written up a, a whole document on beanbags. So um, have Tyler on here to, to talk through the use of beanbags and and all the all the times we use them and when not to use them and and the why 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 do we use them so that it, if we understand the why that'll help so um, thanks Tyler what's the uh, what what what's the genesis of the actual document what made you write this up thanks Don well it's kind of funny um, in the world that I work in uh, my professional group uh, nationally is called Case. Um, and it's an acronym, Council for the Advancement of Schools and Education, something like that. Um, but anyways, we always jokingly say that CASE stands for copy and steal everything. <laughs> and so uh, like with a lot of things, I found this document and I, I couldn't tell you where I found it. Honestly, it's been several years ago and I, I pilfered it and I tweaked it slightly to the document that, uh, that I've shared. Um, but just one of those things, I like one sheets on different topics, whether it's tempo or, you know, whatever it might be. And this is no different, uh, dealing with the beanbags, an important tool, but an oft misunderstood tool. Sure. Sure. And, and we're going to go over all the times you should use it. Um, and I'm trying to think if I've used it in every one of these, I, I don't think I've used it in one of these instances, but we'll go over. And then I've used it at least twice. So I can think of where it wasn't necessary. So we'll, we'll go over that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's talk in general. Uh, everybody knows what a beanbag is. Uh, the document you have uh, listed here, um, you've got uh, white and blue as the colors uh, that, that the, the, the document has. I don't know if, if you put that in there, if it was there previously. But um, I actually never use a white. I use blue and black um, just because the whites tend to look so, so dingy at times. Um, do you, do you have a white and a blue one? You know, and, and the bigger thing I think is not color. I think when this was written, black hadn't really become a thing yet. Um, you know, and now of course there's white, blue, black, I've seen red, uh, pink of course. And, uh, I think the big thing with that is, is that, um, when I look at bean bags, you know, you're looking for crew continuity. And so the five of us walking onto the field should all have, roughly the same color. So if it's all black or all blue or all white, um, just because it is a visible component. Um, so I think it just is a, an opportunity when you look at color to, um, look at crew continuity and then also weather conditions, you know, we have a fair piece of snow up here. And so a white bean bag is largely useless if the weather turns sour at all. And so, right. um, that's the motivation behind the color. And, and one other thing I'll say on, on color goes to the point of um, a couple of officials were talking a five-man crew should really carry two bean bags. And I believe that those two should be different colors. And so if we're a back judge 
you know, you should have in this case, let's say a blue and a white, because you may have situations where you need both. Um, you know, obviously you're marking on a punt, say where the kick ends and then say 15 yards up the field, the return man fumbles the football. You're stuck with, uh, with not a lot of options if you don't have that second bean bag. Sure. And then the same thing I would say for the headlinesman now, um, especially with, uh, the 42nd clock becoming the normal. Um, if you get a team that runs tempo, it'd be good to have a spare bean bag that you can hand to your uh, down box man or woman um, to lay down either in the, either they can lay it down or you can just simply drop it behind your heel to mark that place so that you can continue to officiate, even though the chains may not be fully set because obviously we don't have the mandate that we have to wait for the chains to be fully set. So, um, and also another use for that is inside the five, if there's, or inside the 10, I should say, um, that way the, the box operator can bail out and we don't lose that spot. So a couple positions where good to have two colors, um, because of multiple use opportunities. Sure. Sure. So I, I always carry two, I always carry two bean bags. I always carry two flags. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I'm usually a line of scrimmage official. Uh, rarely do I need both, but there are times when I've needed two flags There are times when I've needed two bean bags. So it, it is, I keep, I keep one on my belt, one of each on my belt and then one of each in different pockets. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll even pull the the bean bag out of my pocket instead of off my belt, just wherever my hands happen to be at the time. Um, but that's, that's, I, I certainly run with two as well. So let's go over the, the, why we use a beanbag, where we use it. And, and the why kind of comes in the wares. The why in general is to mark spots on the field, mm-hmm. right? So what are, let, let's go over where we're going to use it. And then we can, uh, once we go over the, the six wares, we can start, we can break each one down and talk about the whys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk. I agree. Let's do where. And then I, this document has a definition in it as well. And I think, I don't know, that's just the way I think, I guess. Sure. Is, is, uh, I don't know if it's because I'm a fan of the written word. I like definitions. But um, in terms of, of where we use a beanbag, obviously we use it where a fumble occurs. Mm-hmm. We use it where, as we talked a minute ago, where a scrimmage kick ends Mm -hmm. because that's an enforcement spot. Um, We use it in certain situations for first touching by the kicking team. Right. We also can use it and discussion point maybe on um, we can use it where a, uh, a player goes out of bounds by accident or voluntarily. We can use it um, for the momentum rule. Right. And finally, the one none of us want to talk about, but that we all need to know about, we use it um, during an inadvertent whistle situation. Sure, sure. So let's let's go ahead and, and, and break through each of these six scenarios and, and the why of each. So um, on fumbles... Why are we why are we f- dropping a beanbag on a fumble? The important thing is is it signifies or identifies where a run ends because mm-hmm. you know if we just take an off tackle play to the right, 
running back five yards up the field fumbles the football, the rule their run ends at that point. And for fouls that occur during the interval between fumble and recovery, that can be a spot for penalty enforcement. Right. Right. And this, this also is the two places where I didn't need to drop a beanbag, but I have, and, and they're semi-related. So we do it on fumbles because that marks the end of the run and anything that happen, any files that happen in there might be enforced from the end of that run where we don't have that same situation is on an interception. Mm-hmm. The intercept, the interception spot is never going to be an enforcement spot. Mm-hmm. So it, it certainly, I, I, I have done it multiple times and I finally gotten myself out of the habit. Um, but that is certainly a, a time I've thrown the beanbag down as the end of, end of an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second one is a fumbled snap or a, or more specifically a muffed snap. Mm-hmm. Um, because if a snap is muffed, the snap has not completed. Mm-hmm. So nothing in there is going to be an enforcement spot. Um, it's going to go back to the previous spot in that instance. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are two that are related to fumbles, um, but are times when we don't drop um, the beanbag. Um, yeah. You've you, seen either of those done more, more often than not. Oh man. You, so I had one of the things we'll touch on. I have four, what we call beanbag bad habits and you touched on two of them. Um, and I think it's just a creature, a habit thing. Um, you know, it took me a while to break myself of them as well, specifically on interceptions. And what end, what ends up breaking it for people is when you have an interception on the two that you beanbag, and then they run at 98 yards for a score. <laughs> well then guess who gets to look silly running back that many yards to go pick up a cotton pick and beanbag. Yeah. And so, you know, things like that, you know, will break you of habits like that. Um, the nice thing though is, is, is as you're breaking yourself of these habits, there is no such thing as an inadvertent beanbag. You know, we're not going to have the white hat go on the stadium mic to say, disregard that little blue beanbag. Right. You know, unlike say a penalty where they may have to say, disregard the penalty flag. There is no foul on the play for offensive holding. Um, you know, that type of a thing. And so, but yes, a couple habits that we do need to break ourselves of over time. Okay, so the next one uh, listed here is is on scrimmage kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're dropping the the beanbag on where a scrimmage kick ends. So so why are we doing that? Again, it's because it's a spot of enforcement, um, and specifically, this goes um, to you back judges out there, and even some of you wing guys. This goes to a rule that those of us that work in the deep need to know by like the back of our hand. And that is PSK. Um, in fact, it's one of those rules where the rule reference is seared into my brain from my time as a back judge, because a back judge should own PSK because it just comes into their world as a back judge should really own the kicking game in general. Um, but if we did have a PSK foul in this situation, um, where the kick ends is a spot of enforcement. And, and to be very, very specific, and, and this is actually 
uh, covered in the example that's on this document. Um, this is very specific to where the kick ends. And this mm-hmm. is a scrimmage kick, where the kick ends. The kick does not end if a scrimmage kick is muffed. We do not need to mark the muff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we have to mark where the kick ends. Again, a muff spot's never going to be a spot of enforcement by itself, assuming that there wasn't other fouls involved like kick catch interference or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's never going to be an enforcement spot. Correct. And that's another one of those where we have a habit to break because we, you know, we have our beanbag in our hand and we're, we're looking through our periphery at the, at the kick receiver. We're watching the gunners. Hopefully our line judge is helping us across the way by streaking down the field and you've got all this traffic. And then all of a sudden you see a ball hit a body and you think there it is and you throw it. It's, it's just a very intense moment. So it's, it is something you have to remember um, and work on for sure. Sure. So the last one, and, and these first three all deal with the ball, essentially. The, you know, the ball being, being muffed, the ball being fumbled. These three deal with that. The, the other three are a little different. Um, this one is first touching. So, Mm -hmm. um, the document talks about a beanbag should be dropped when the kicking team first touches a kick in certain situations. So where are some of those situations that we, there should be a beanbag dropped? Well, for example, on free kicks, team K can't be the first to touch the ball unless it's gone 10 yards. And frankly, it's got to touch the ground as well. Right. And so, um, Unless both either unless both of those things have happened, um, they they are not you know allowed to be the first to touch the ball. However, that's not something where we need to throw yellow. We can just mark that spot with a beanbag. And the other thing to remember, and Don, it goes to your point, maybe why all officials should have two beanbags, is that we can have multiple points of first touching, and right. there, and and a team may have a menu of options as to where they could next put the ball in play. And that's, uh, that's on first, that's on both free kicks and scrimmage kicks, both. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that the, the end of the scrimmage kick is a, is a spot of enforcement as opposed to the end of a free kick. We don't beanbag, mm-hmm. um, but first touching we're beanbagging first uh, on, on both types of kicks. Sure. And I should say on scrimmage kicks, this is one you don't think about, but you see a lot and it's the, sure. it's the Peter kick, you know, it's a duck. And, and you hear every coach and half the fans and, and the kick receiver yell, Peter, Peter, away, away. And, uh, and then the ball comes to a stop and then a member of the kicking team touches it. You know, deep wing blows their whistle, but they do mark that spot with a beanbag or they should because it does matter for potential enforcement situations. Sure, sure. In, in that specific situation, the beanbag might be redundant. Mm-hmm. Because we, we already have the spot marked, True. Um, but it, 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 it's a habit. It's a habit we should get in. This is, this is a spot of first touching. This is also technically the end of the kick. So we can mark it here. Mm-hmm. Um, to that end, would you, going back to scrimmage kicks, would you drop a, a beanbag on a fair caught scrimmage kick? I would. Okay. Did you, you know, have any scenarios where that actually proved useful? 
You know, I would say this, um, whether it's a, a, a Peter kick or a fair catch, um, first of all, we don't necessarily know what's around, what has gone on around us, you know, um, so sometimes that's important. But the other thing is, is let's, Don, let's paint a picture here and we have a rivalry game um, with a hot shot punt returner who fair catches the ball and uh, say the kicking team decides to say, yeah, you're not going to return one on us you know, or they don't hand the ball to the official or they run off with it to the sideline or what have you. If that all happens quickly, even though we've seen the spot, all it takes is a moment to where we move our eyes elsewhere and we can lose that spot potentially. And so um, to me that I think it's just a good habit for those situations where you need it. Um, Even though in this situation, most likely you don't. Um, It just creates that muscle memory, I would say more than anything. Sure. So the the next one on the list here is when a player goes out of bounds. So at other levels, we see officials throw hats. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing that was drilled into me from day one was we don't throw our hats here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we don't use that mechanic. So this is uh, beanbags are a good use of, of marking that a player went out of bounds. Player on A or K went out of bounds because... They have to they they they're they have to stay out of bounds if and and or else they're guilty of illegal participation. Um, do you do you put a beanbag down if a player is blocked out of bounds? You know, for me, I think, and it's such a toughie. There's two pieces to this. You know, mm-hmm. as you said, you were drilled into you not to use a hat but to use a beanbag. Um, I'll admit you know, almost to my own fault that I, I prefer my hat because it's more visible. I prefer it as well, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, and, 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 but the thing of it is, and you know, this is from our previous conversations, the wind blows a little bit up here. And, sure. uh, and uh, if you don't throw that hat, just so you'll have to run a fair piece just to go pick up your hat. And at that point it's around, it's largely useless because it's not at a spot. Right. Um, but all this to say that the premise is the same. Um, and it is a tool for the beanbag. Um, you know, I think it's important regardless because it's an explanation tool. It shows right. that just, it, I mean, and this is boiling it down probably over and oversimplifying it, but it explains to everyone there that you saw it. And whether it was a player who ran a bad route and went out on their own um, or was forced out, I think just the fact that you saw it and you marked it it, it's a, it's a useful tool at that point. Sure. Sure. And this, this, is this might be obvious, but I'll state the obvious anyway. We want to mark where the player goes out of bounds, not where they come back in, mm-hmm. because that's going to be the uh, potential enforcement spot is where they go out of bounds. Yes. Right. So, um, then the next one is, is one of those that you probably don't get in your first year or two, this one probably takes the one. That's the momentum rule. Um, and, and the importance of a beanbag on, on momentum there. So let's talk a little bit about momentum and then what the beanbag helps us signify. For sure. So, and again, this is going to be in a four man for those line judges and for a five man, the deep officials, five or more, the deep wings, deep officials. Um, you know, we're talking about a team B or team R player 
um, who catches or recovers a loose ball. Loose ball obviously has a broader definition. Right. Um, inside their own five-yard line, and their momentum takes them into the end zone. And even though the doc- the document says where the ball subsequently becomes dead in his or her possession, um, they can get they get the ball where possession was gained. I think even if they catch it and then they end up running it back out, I think it's important to beanbag this um, because it is an important spot. I don't hardly ever see this. It's I find it rare to sure. say the to say the least. It's rare, but it's important. Um, for a number of reasons, because you'll hear some, you'll touch back some, you'll safety. And, um, you know, if you're in a position where you can rule on this, you know, it's, you're going to, you're going to be wound tight, but you're going to look really good in doing it. Um, and we always remember momentum only goes one direction. So it's right. that player into their own end zone. Right. And I would, uh, what I'm trying to think of here is, Yes, I would. So I would even probably beanbag this if it's at the six. Mm-hmm. But I'd be very clear that it's on the outside of the five. Mm-hmm. And and that this is something we haven't talked about yet. And this is that the beanbag is a communication tool. Mm-hmm. And and that's me saying. He caught it at the six. He he did not catch it within the f- five yards. Therefore, I'm not going. It nobody's going to comprehend it in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's a little reminder right there on the field that that's where the ball was caught, and now we got to deal with that being the, where the ball was caught. Absolutely, and it's there when you finish officiating the play and then move right. into in move into dead ball processing what just happened mode. Right. Right. And so you can say, wait, where did this kick, this kick, this pick, whatever it happens to be, this loose ball play, where did it end? And then what happened? And you can go, hey, my beanbag's on the six, and I know it's good. It didn't bounce three times on a bad turf field. I know it's a good place to – it's at a good spot. So because of that, Mr. White Hat, we're going to go safety or we're going to go whatever. And and there are two minor points there, and one is is – this is one where the placement of the bag is important. So if you drop it and you notice it's off, officiate the play and then come back and correct your bag. Mm-hmm. If, if it's, if it's going to make a difference, um, if it's, if you've got it outside the five and it should be inside the five, you need to make sure you correct that flag. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was that to be crystal clear to everyone, this is where a team B or a team R player possesses the ball between the goal line and the five possesses being the key word. Mm -hmm. If they, if they're chasing down a kick and they catch it over their shoulder at the four, or they try a tip to catch it over their shoulder at the four and they juggle it all the way into the end zone and possess it in the end zone. We actually technically have a dead ball touchback because Mm -hmm. the kick ended the, the kick never ended. And, it crossed the goal line. So we've got, we've got a, a touchback at that point. Um, just little things to think about that. We don't always put all the pieces together in our first year to officiating. And, and it's something that, as you said, you don't see often. So it's always good to talk about those rare instances. 
Absolutely. And and one thing I'll mention, and I, I encourage everyone, I know Donna's great about putting these documents up on the page, but uh, each of these have rule citations in them. And uh, I do not go and update them every year. I'm not that much of a glutton for punishment, but these largely are unchanged. So they have rule citations. So if you're, if you're new at this and you go, eh, what is the momentum exception? You can look on the document and see that the momentum exception is in rule eight. Sure. Absolutely. So the last one, as you said, not something we, we want to talk about, but something we all, we all have to deal with at, at some point in our career, probably multiple times. Um, and that's inadvertent whistles. So, um, why is a beanbag important on an inadvertent whistle? We don't have, we don't have a turnover. We don't have necessarily don't have a turnover. It's just a whistle. So Mm -hmm. why, why are we beanbagging that? And I think this is something that is important to remember that, you know, in the moment we might hurry and for all of us, because of simplicity's sake, the easiest thing in the world to do is just, we're replaying the down, just all bets are off. We're replaying them down. But ultimately, we use a beanbag in this situation because at that point where the down is over due to an inadvertent whistle, the team in possession at the time of that inadvertent whistle has the option to take either the result of the play or replay the down. And so depending on what's occurred during the play, whether it's a change of possession or a long gain or you know whatever it might be, um, you know, that, that spot is important because it is a, it is an option that the, that the team in possession would then have to choose from. Right. Right. And it's another case where we might have an official who's marking the spot where the ball was dead, mm-hmm. uh, where the ball was blown dead because the, the blow, the official blowing the whistle most of the time is covering that spot. Not always. Mm-hmm. Um, so we likely have that spot, but if we've got the beanbag on the ground, we're reminding ourselves of it's important to, to know why I put this here so that it makes me evaluate all the options that the teams have. Absolutely. And, and we have to remember too, that even in this situation, like any other, we do have to continue to officiate. Right. And, you know, depending on how bad or how loud our IW might be, um, you may still have to to go into traffic and slow players down, shut the play down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there are other factors there that may make you leave that spot. And so again, it presents that opportunity to have that spot covered by um, this auxiliary tool. Right. So that, those are the six scenarios where you would drop a beanbag. And we talked about at least three um, where it's not necessary. Um, now that doesn't mean, it's fine to do so. I, it, 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 if it happens, it happens. Um, somebody's going to probably say something, but if you drop one, you drop one, and that's okay. Um, just means you have to go pick it up, as you said. So, um, you said you had four four points uh, around beanbags. Yeah, so we call these the beanbag bad habits, and I just penciled these down today. But we've touched on them. Um, the first one is is beanbagging an interception. Or, or a change of possession in that regard. Sure. That spot is never going to be used as a penalty enforcement. And so um, all it's doing is adding steps because you're going to have to go chase the thing um, after the play's over because Lord knows you're not going to go, oh, darn, and then pick it up 
and then try to keep officiating. Um, Number two uh, is the, is the muffed snap. So the center quarterback exchange, whether under center or in the gun, um, you know, creature habit, oftentimes we beanbag that, but again, completely unnecessary um, as that spot's not needed for any few, any potential enforcement situations. Um, the third one is muffed kicks. And again, I'm saying all these, Don, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. I'm saying all these coming from a position of I'm looking at myself in the mirror because I've done those. Oh, sure. And I continue to do them from time to time. So I'm 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 as guilty as as anyone. But uh, muffed kicks is another one uh, where we beanbag and we shouldn't. And all that does is eliminate our beanbag at our hand deep wings when we might need one in a couple seconds to actually cover the end of the kick. Um, and then the last one, and it's mentioned, but I think it bears in the document, but I think we should mention it here is, um, another beanbag bad habit is throwing it like a penalty flag or launching it. Um, you know, we don't have to get it on the, the exact blade of grass where any of these things have taken place. You want to be precise, but you don't have to be that precise. Right. Um, and you see this from time to time where, wing guy and you see this little blue thing flying in head over head into a into a sea of humanity on a on a fumble it's just as effective to be dropped at your feet or a few feet in front of you um again it's just it's just an administrative aid it's not it doesn't carry the same pomp and circumstance that a flag does so um that'd be the other bad habit is just is rearing back and chucking that thing like there's no tomorrow so I think yeah. if, if we can all work to break ourselves of those four things, um, we can rein in our use and and grow to have really effective beanbag use because it's it's a tool that has saved my bacon multiple times. Sure, sure. There, there's, there's a couple other scenarios where I have used a beanbag and I, I think it's perfectly appropriate to do so. Um, that's... Uh, player runs out of bounds to the opponent team's bit deep into the opponent's team bench. And I've got the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I will drop the, the, the beanbag at my feet to go officiate what's happening out of bounds. Um, and then that way, at least I've got the spot and, and I can come back to it if I need to. Um, I have heard comments that, well, the team's just going to kick it. I'm like, that's okay. At least I, I, if I throw it, I might know where I threw it. Um, because it's a conscious act to do it. So that's, uh, that's one time I've used it. Um, and, and the other time you mentioned, and that has to do with the down marker on, on hurry up offenses. I'm just dropping that thing. If, if the chains are taking their time to get down. Yeah. Both important situations and, uh, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, you, our presence is vital in those situations. Um, but yeah, if it's, if it's third and goal and, uh, the, the down box and everyone gets, has to bail out on a bad sweep. I mean, we don't know where that's where the, where inches matter. And if we don't have at least some form of an auxiliary tool, um, at best we're guessing or, or we're praying that the scoreboard operator is awake and kept the yard line indicator turned on. Right. Right. So one, one, Last question around beanbags for you. How many times a season 
do you forget that you've dropped your beanbag and you go multiple plays before you realize you've had it? <laughs> Depends on what position I'm working. Um, <laughs> you know, if I'm a back judge, that probably happens more often than I'd care to admit. Sure. Just because if you have any kind of a, and the, the perfect example is, is a scrimmage kick. Um, because I'm already throwing it. I'm down there with the, with the kick receivers. I'm instructing them on what I want to see out of their fair catch signal. If they give one, um, kick in, you drop it. And then, oh my goodness, you've got three blocks. You got to watch, um, because they're setting the edge and the kid takes off and you clean up and then they score and there's a try and all this. And then you're, you're timing the one minute interval between try and kickoff and you go, you go to reach for it for the kickoff and you go, wait a second, I don't have that thing anymore. Where did it go? <laughs> uh, I, I hate to say it. I admit that that, uh, that happens more often than I would uh, expect, but it happens. And that's why, again, it's important to carry multiples. Sure. And, and, and I will say one out of four times, I don't know where I dropped it. That's pretty I'm good like, too. Yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I remember dropping it. Uh, it was somewhere back there. And usually the black ones are harder to find than the blue ones. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And and usually if I've got two ball boys on my sideline, I'll be like, go go see if you can find my beanbag for me. I'm thankful for safeties that go, uh, Mr. Official, or if, I, if I've done my job right, they call me by my first name. They go, is this yours? And you go... Kid, I'd give you a, a dollar for a soda pop if I had it in my pocket. Because they, they, like, and they, they're holding it like it's poison. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that those are moments where I'm grateful for those safeties that uh, are sure. paying, at, paying attention and looking out for me. So Sure, sure. No, the, the only other thing I've done as far as beanbags and my flags as well as I, this, uh, this might sound stupid, but I actually had them embroidered by a friend. A friend has an embroidery machine. Mm -hmm. um, and I had my initials just embroidered in the same color as the, the flag and the beanbag. So it doesn't stand out. But when I pick it up, there are three flags in the field or two beanbags. I know which one's mine. For sure. Um, so, and I know, I know some of the companies will embroider them for you as well. Absolutely. And yeah, if there's, if you've got multiple flags on a single foul, that's a good example. I've tried writing them in Sharpie and that just wears off over time. So mm -hmm. I figured embroidery works. So for sure. Well, thank you, Tyler. I'm, I'm certainly going to put this document, um, a link to it up on the, uh, up on the show notes for this episode. Um, I appreciate you coming on today and, and talking about it. And we'll, we'll look forward to talking again after we get whatever form of season we get coming up. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, Don. All right. Thanks. You have a great day. You as well. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.